Hi, this is Elliot, host of Inspired Edinburgh. Please come and check out our Facebook page for all of the latest updates. If I could ask a small favour, please could you subscribe and review our show on iTunes. By doing this, you'll be helping us reach a wider audience and have a greater impact by challenging perceptions and encouraging people to live a more conscious life. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Inspired Edinburgh, the home of powerful conversations. I'm Elliot Reeves, and my guest today is Rebecca Bonington. Rebecca is a business and leadership coach who has coached hundreds of leaders and entrepreneurs throughout the world. You specialize in team development, improving communication, and business development training. You're also an NLP trainer and master practitioner, author of How to Outshine the Rest, and most recently a partner at the Sherlaws Group, a portfolio of companies who advise private enterprise on how to grow, fund, and exit their business in order to enjoy their life's work. Rebecca, it's absolutely wonderful to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Elliot. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> likewise, likewise. Um, it's been a lot of fun researching your, your background and your profile. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we're, we can discuss and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Great. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> Good stuff. So if we can start, um, you know, rewinding and kind of going back to the, the early years and hearing about, you know, where you're from, where you grew up. Um, and, and really what your sort of early life was like. Yeah, okay. So I grew up in northern Manchester, traditional terraced house um, <laughs> in the 1970s. So I was one of the last generation to play out at night and come in when your tea was ready and then play out again until it went dark. Yeah. Um, brought up with my brother and my mum. So single parent household. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you think that's uh, had an, an influence on you? Yeah, it, it's made me very independent, mm-hmm. uh, very um, determined, yeah. and uh, yeah, it, it's definitely driven me to stand on my own two feet, mm-hmm. yeah, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Excellent. So I know you went to university. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a bit about that experience. Right, so <laughs> I'm not a natural academic. Really? <laughs> no. <Okay. laughs> um, I really enjoyed school. I loved school um, and I chose to do English literature at university because I, I love reading and I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I did it for pleasure rather than thinking it would lead to any particular career. Okay. Um, and um, I had this wonderful romantic image of going to university and coming up with lots of original ideas and original thinking and being terribly creative. <laughs> and I was sadly disappointed that um, actually you had to do things in a very specific way yeah. um, and there wasn't a great deal of room for originality. So, mm. yeah, it, it, I had fun, don't get me wrong. Yes, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm not a natural academic. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay, so so what has been, I suppose, the, the sort of career trajectory that you've been on? I mean, mm. clearly you've been very successful and um, running your own business and, and uh, you know, achieving a, a very senior level in the, in the kind of corporate world, if you like. Mm. Um, what was the path? Hmm. Uh, there, there was never a, a clearly defined, you know, I want to be X when I grow up. Mm-hmm. The, the the plan was always that it's always been in sort of two to three year stages. So it was to get my A levels to get to university. Mm-hmm. That was mainly so I could leave home. Um, yes. And then it was, well, get my degree so I could get a job. Um, at the time I graduated in 92, which was a really bad recession. So yeah. there were very few jobs. Mm-hmm. 
And then at each stage, it was like, well, what, what's next? What's next? And there was never a grand long-term plan at all. It was, right, well, now I've mastered that bit. Mm-hmm. What do we do now? Um, and, and that's really how it, it's gone on, to be honest. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so originally, um, having grown up in, in Manchester, how did you end up in Edinburgh? Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Long and winding road. Um, so I went to university in York and uh, got my first job in York with British Rail. Um, stayed there for how many? Two years after graduating. So I was in York for five years in total. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when British Rail started to be privatised, um, they very kindly said to me, you've been promoted far too quickly and you're not going to be promoted for another two years. Wow. So I went, okay then, bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I applied for a job in the Yorkshire Post for a recruitment consultant, ended up working for a big recruiter, uh, worked for them in Leeds, then managed their York office. And they said, right, where, you know, where do you want to manage next? We've got a choice of Swindon or Edinburgh. I went, Edinburgh, please. It looks a lot nicer. And that's how I ended up in Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. It's, it's interesting when you said, um, you know, no thanks, I'll leave because there's no potential for promotion. Mm. Were you quite ambitious? Did mm. you have your, your sights set quite high in, in that sense? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've never been content to rest on my laurels. Never. Um, so, yeah, it was all, well, two years. I'll get bored doing this for two years. I, yeah. I need something else to interest me. So, yeah, it was, yeah, and, and I was young as well. Still really ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So, Rebecca Inspires, mm. um, how did that come about? <laughs> yeah, I've got a really good friend called George, who runs a great branding agency. And, um, I had no money. I started the business particularly to invest in this. And we sat about in his office and and, uh, sat with his creative team. And, well, it's about you, isn't it? And I said, well, pretty much. I don't ever intend to employ anybody Mm -hmm. in the business. I really want to just focus on the clients and not worry about what's going back on in my office. And I said, you know, I'll pitch up. They'll, They'll get me and that's it. He said, well, it needs to be your name then. So, you know, Rebecca.com had already been taken. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked mm-hmm. for the next best thing and Rebecca Inspires it was. <laughs> right, yeah. okay. So so it wasn't kind of calculated in the sense that that was the, that was the brand you were going for? No, not at all. They, they gave me a really nice looking brand, which was my name, mm-hmm. still is my name. And <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah, the domain name Rebecca Inspires was available. I thought that's probably about right. Yeah, it's great. It's a, it's a, it's a superb um, kind of tag. If Thank you, like. you. Yeah, I like it a lot. Thank you. <laughs> NLP. Mm-hmm. Um, NLP is something that plays a major role in the work that you, you do, yeah. um, clearly. For anyone that isn't familiar with it, if you could give us a kind of uh, overview as to what NLP is and, and how it's used. Okay, so <laughs> the, the, the two-minute version is that if you imagine you have a, a really high-powered computer, really, really top-of-the-range, ultra-clever computer, you have the user guide to it because mm-hmm. otherwise you don't know its full potential. NLP is the user guide to your brain. And it it enables you to unlock the full potential of whatever is in you 
And I'm a great believer that everybody has the resources within them to achieve what they want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might need, need a little bit of help in unlocking that, but they absolutely have the resources they need. Um, and NLP uh, is, is a methodology. It's, uh, it's a way of thinking that enables you to control what's going on up here mm-hmm. and to use it to the best effect for you. It's a good overview. Yeah. I like that. Good. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I read your bio and mm-hmm. it had a, a major impact on, on your own life. Huge. Um, tell me about that. Right. Okay. Without naming names. <laughs> okay. um, so I, uh, I was in a very difficult marriage for 10 years, very difficult uh, for various reasons. And I, I was untangling myself from that marriage, going through a very difficult divorce with two young children, running a business. Um, and somebody, a good friend of mine said, go on an NLP course. I never heard of it. Well, that's, what is it about? I'd been looking for leadership development for myself mm-hmm. as I ran the business. I couldn't find anything that was practical. I'm a really practical person. Um, plus recruitment, things have to work immediately. It's a very fast paced industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he said, look, go and check this guy's website out. And anyway, I read it and I went, I'm sorry, it just sounds like a load of American rubbish. <laughs> um, he went, no, trust me, go on the course. I went, right, okay, I will take a week out of my life. I will go on the course. And it was the best decision I'd made. Uh, and within a week of finishing the course... I was divorced for a lot less money than he'd been after me for. Really? Yep. And <laughs> I thought, oh, this really does work. And, and in what way has it played a part or impacted your life since? Well, my oldest daughter a few years ago told me it made me a better mother. Okay. <laughs> um, that, that, if, if that was the only thing it did, then big tick in that box, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's enabled me to work with a wider range of people. I have a greater range of behavioral flexibility. I can communicate more effectively with a wide range of people. Um, I'm more comfortable in my own skin. Um, definitely at peace with myself, which, you mm-hmm. know, sadly a lot of people don't ever achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when difficulties happen in my life, I can more easily deal with them. Um, you know, I still need a little help from my friends as we all do Mm -hmm. definitely. Uh, but I can, I'm, it's the ease and the effectiveness with which I can deal with things that really has changed everything. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and how have you used it in order to um, serve other people? Yeah, so um, the way I was taught NLP um, by Bandler and Laval and his team, so Bandler, the co-creator of NLP, mm-hmm. um, you use it for good. That's it, mm-hmm. end of. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things they teach on their train trainings is that if you can just put a little bit of hope and joy into somebody's eyes every single day, then you're doing a great job. And it doesn't matter whether I'm just getting a coffee or, you know, um, buying petrol at the petrol station, just really nice to people, really pleasant to people. It's very simple things um, that uh, oil the wheels of life, actually. Uh And what then would be an example of a way in which you would 
you have that impact? Um, oh gosh, there's so many. Mm-hmm. I've had people contact me that I worked with five years ago and say, you know, I have a better relationship with my husband. I have a better relationship with my kids. My business is more successful. Mm-hmm. I had a really cynical IT director and, you know, <laughs> you're right, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And he contacted me about a year ago and said, I still use this stuff. What a difference it it is made in all aspects of my life. Really? Yeah. It's pretty incredible. It is. It's great. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and before we started, we were talking, I didn't realize the, um, or how closely it was linked with hypnosis as yeah. well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, if you think that actually your unconscious mind, your subconscious mind is the most powerful bit of your brain, mm-hmm. uh, actually communicating with your unconscious is much more powerful to create change than communicating with the conscious. And so... It, it's, you know, I don't sit there with a watch like this, <laughs> but people are more relaxed. And when you're more relaxed, you're more engaged and mm-hmm. you're more open to, to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super. I'd like to speak to you a bit about um, coaching mm-hmm. and some sort of reflections on what makes a good coach <laughs> and, and how do you um, personally coach people? Yes, I am thinking about that very subject at the moment. I've been asked to do um, a, a talk, a big seminar on on what makes a good coach. Really? Okay. Um, so that's I've given, <laughs> been giving it a lot of thought recently. Um, you to be a really good coach, you leave your own ego at the door. Hmm, love that. So you, it, it's it is not about you as the coach mm-hmm. at all. It's completely about the individual. Mm-hmm. Whatever successes or not that they have has nothing to do with your coaching. It is absolutely their stuff. It's their win, it's their success, or it's, or it's their failure or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to go into coaching with a very open heart and a very open mind um, and absolutely no judgment whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to be a very good listener. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's one of the things that, um, really stood out on your, on your website actually, mm. uh, was the importance of, of being a, a good listener. Yeah. Um, I think particularly as well for, for kind of people at exec level, mm-hmm. um, I, I sort of felt that, that sort of theme. It's a vastly underrated skill yeah. in our society. And actually, if people just listened properly mm-hmm. more often, mm-hmm. the world would be a very different place. Yeah. 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 And that's where I think perhaps the coaching methodology plays a really important part in listening, yes. which is just put your ego to the sides and listening and under- taking the time to understand people and um, the sort of non-judgment aspect of it as well. Yeah, definitely. People are where they are. Yeah. That's uh-huh. it. it. The important thing is that you take them to where they want to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Emotional intelligence. Mm. Um, that seems to be something that you're, you're quite big on as mm-hmm. well. Um, why do you feel it's important? <laughs> because um, we are human beings. We are, you know, we're this far away from being in caves. Okay, <laughs> basically, yeah. we're, we're that close to being a chimpanzee. 
And we like to think we're very sophisticated with all our technology and, and this and that and the other and our houses and cars. And, but fundamentally, we are animals. Mm -hmm. And actually, as animals, we are feeling creatures. We are emotional creatures. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the prime, I've seen it so often in the workplace, the people who have the best teams, the highest productivity, the best businesses, mm -hmm. uh, the best staff retention, the best client retention, have very high levels of emotional intelligence. Mm. Um, and if you don't, life is so much harder. Yeah. Really tough. <laughs> Yeah. How do you think people can go about developing that skill? Yeah, and it is a skill and it can yeah. be learned. And I think that's really encouraging is that it can be learned. Mm -hmm. um, they have to be open to the idea of it, first of all. Um, so they have to acknowledge that feelings come into absolutely everything we do. Yeah. Um, and then you start going, okay, right, well, let's... Okay, this, this is the logical bit. This is the bit that you would put through a spreadsheet. And yes, that gives you that answer. Mm -hmm. But let's look at how that impacts on the people here and then what happens in reality. Yeah. Um, and that's the bit where you get the juice. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I was, when I was looking at your website, there was one thing that, that kind of, I suppose it kind of stood out a little bit. Um, and I need to ask you about it because it said that you had worked with clients I'm kind of paraphrasing, mm. but as young as nine. Yeah. How You know, in what way can you help a, a nine-year-old? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was helping my youngest daughter yesterday. She's eight. Right. Um, so because NLP is about how you run your brain and it's literal. Okay. So I'll give you a really good example. Say, say a, a child is having nightmares. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, they will be making really big pictures in their mind. Uh, because you don't have nightmares that run in little pictures. We, you know, if we scare ourselves, we really make it big. Yeah. Um, and they're usually in full color and there's usually lots of surround sound. So these nightmares are very real. Just an example. Mm -hmm. So you can really quickly say, and kids are brilliant because they don't have all the adult layers of nonsense going on. <laughs> um, and you just say, look, take your magic wand, take all the color out of the picture, make it smaller take the sound out, switch the sound off, and then just scrumple the picture up and throw it away. And the kids fall in all and then go, right, how do you feel about going to bed tonight? Because you always check your work, you always future pace. Yeah, fine. Absolutely fine. And the nightmares don't reoccur. If they do, you just repeat the process. Um, and I've done it with all my kids uh, sometimes to get to sleep, I'll talk to them about going down the fluffy stairs so that they relax. Kids complete. Kids get it better than grown-ups. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> too much thinking for grown-ups. Way, <laughs> way too much thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your, your most... Um, recent uh, role, I suppose, if you want mm. to call it that, um, a partner in the Sherlaws group. Mm -hmm. How did that come about? And, and what does that work entail? Yeah, I got lonely. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I, I did. I missed having that group of like-minded people. Mm. I missed being part of something bigger. Um, yeah, I did. I, I wanted company. 
So uh, I've been looking for a while to find the right organization to join. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually you said right at the beginning, you know, done well in the corporate world, not the big shiny office corporate world I haven't. They're not okay. keen on people like me. I don't fit into any neat pigeonholes, really. Um, so I knew that wasn't an option. Um, and uh, yeah, that I, I I remembered them. They'd helped me a bit in my recruitment business in the probably the later stages. And um, I went back to them and I went, oh, went to their partner conference in February, walked into a room full of like-minded people and thought, I'm home, finally. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to pick up on what you said there because I, I think it's really interesting that you you don't fit into the sort of pigeonhole of the the corporate world. No. In what in what way? I'm not very good at being told what to do. Okay, I can relate <laughs> to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. And if I disagree with somebody, you know, in the politest possible way, I uh-huh. will say CEOs generally don't really like to be disagreed with. Generally, some do. That's fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I point stuff out, and sometimes that's not popular. <laughs> <laughs> so, under the the uh, Sherlaw's model, if you like, how is it that you you now help businesses? In rather a lovely way, actually. Um, the intellectual property at Sherlaw's, it, in my opinion, is second to none. It's absolutely superb. Mm-hmm. So um, businesses work in stages, growth stages, and they get to certain stages and they get a little bit stuck for a whole range of reasons. What Sherlaw's has is one, a really clear way of identifying the stage they're at, then a clear way of identifying how they're stuck and then clear paths to getting unstuck, improving, and then moving on to advanced growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's the processes and frameworks really easier to understand. Um, I, w- I would say they're straightforward to apply. There's hard work involved, but it's very clear on what needs to be done and when. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. You moved from Manchester to Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, this show's called Inspired Edinburgh. Yeah. What do you like about Edinburgh? No, what's not to love? <laughs> uh, quality of life, I think second to none. Mm-hmm. You are in the midst of one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Um, and you're half an hour to a sandy beach. You're an hour to the Trossachs. Um, the you know, a couple of hours, you're in the best scenery, I think, particularly on a beautiful sunny day like it is today, yeah. again, on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, the food's great. I like whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people, I, yeah, just great, great tick, city. Yeah, yeah. Tick, ticks all the boxes. It really does. Yeah, uh-huh. it does. Yeah. It, you've worked with, obviously, a number of businesses. Um, from your perspective, what are some of the things that um, maybe Scotland and Edinburgh do well? And what mm-hmm. are some of the things you think we could potentially improve on a little bit? Uh, you are Edinburgh and Scotland are getting a lot better at blowing their own trumpet, <laughs> which is refreshing. You know, I'm a gobby Mancunian. We'll blow our own trumpet all day long. Um, so it's really nice to see you you have a fantastic culture, a fantastic way of life. 
and some incredible entrepreneurial businesses, really mm. phenomenally successful. And finally, shouting about it and telling people about it, which is great. And long may that continue. Mm. Um, what, what are you not so good at? Um, I'm not really sure, actually. I'm a very positive, optimistic person. I find it quite hard to find the not so good at. Okay. Um, without getting pol- political, um, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no problem at all. No, you're absolutely right. And certainly from having done this and having spoken to a lot of people who work in um, the kind of entrepreneurial industry, mm. um, def- there has been a significant shift in the, the sort of positivity and the aspirations for Scotland. Definitely, yeah. And, and it's, it's really noticeable. It is. It's hugely noticeable. Yeah. We need to, there is, as in as there is across England, Wales and Ireland, there mm-hmm. is a, a, a sadly a, a class of people who are not getting out of, of the poverty trap or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, and more work needs to be done there. It's not something I have the answers to it it's not easy mm-hmm. more needs to be done to bring everybody up yeah yeah, yeah. Th- there's probably maybe one thing that i've noticed and i don't know if it's something that you've you've noticed yourself is sort of the homelessness in edinburgh mm-hmm. it seems to be i don't know whether it is on the rise or not but it's something that i've kind of noticed <sighs> more during the festival (laughs) definitely Uh (laughs) people kind of go oh cash to be had yes um (laughs) i I don't know i mean people say that about manchester there's more homelessness there really Uh, genuinely i i don't know Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. okay cool (laughs) it's been great finding out um you know about yourself about the work that you've done and, and your your career to date and whatnot I'd like at this stage to probably go a little bit deeper mm-hmm. um, and handle some of the more, uh, I suppose, larger kind of philosophical topics. Let me get some water there. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to this because there's a lot of things on your website that talk about things like purpose, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm not sure if, if discussions around that are quite mainstream yet. I think mm. we're, we're kind of getting there. Getting there, definitely. Um, but not quite there yet. And uh, if that's something that, you know, it's certainly something that I would like to try and make a, a shift in, yes. uh, if if possible. Yeah. For yourself, what do you feel your own purpose is? So ultimately, my purpose, very personal, is uh, to love and be loved. And that comes, and that doesn't mean, you know, I have to fall in love with people or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I do things in a loving way. So, mm-hmm. you know, my time is given happily and freely. Um, charge clients for the work I do, definitely, but I also uh, do some pro bono work as well. I give whatever I learn, I'll give it away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my core values for my own personal business are always learning and passing that learning on and having fun. That's really important. Um, so, you know, things done in love are done well. And, and that really is my ultimate purpose. Yeah. And to see other people succeed in the way that they want to succeed and be fulfilled, it's, it's very important. Yeah. That's a great answer. 
Thank you. Really great. <laughs> There's one of the words that you use on your website, which I thought was great, is the word useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminded me of a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote where he says the purpose of, uh, I'll just shorten it mm. for the sake of making a point. <laughs> the, the purpose of life is not to be happy, it is to be useful. Mm-hmm. Um, he says a few other words as well, but I mean, it's something that we don't often associate with purpose is the kind of utility aspect of being a useful human so important to us as people it really is um and i think a lot of um a lot of anxiety in society is around well what what is my purpose what what am i here to do um you know we have a lot of uh privileged children Mm -hmm. in our society who perhaps haven't determined what their usefulness is and we we need that as human beings. We need to have a daily purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you see it when people win the lottery hmm. and they yeah. go a little bit off the rails, don't they? Because they 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 lose sight of of what they're about because they don't physically have anything to do all day. Yeah. And um, uh, you you know, Bandler talks a lot about very wealthy clients that he has that because they have so much time on their hands, they, they're going insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so usefulness is really key. And what's useful to you and useful to me are very different things. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. absolutely okay. Hmm. So if you find your purpose in, I don't know, um, sweeping the streets, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant. If that's what you enjoy doing, and you take pride in it, brilliant. Mm-hmm. If, if you find it elsewhere, I know, baking muffins, I know, who knows? I listened yeah. to a woman on Radio 4 who is an artist, and she focused on holes in clothing. Really? Fascinating. <laughs> but she has found her purpose, and she finds ways of being useful with that. Uh-huh. Very creative. Yeah. Um, I couldn't do that in a million years, but for her, perfect. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. Love that. Mm. This isn't uh, an e- probably the easiest of questions to answer, mm. but how do you think people can go about finding purpose in their life? Yeah. Um, I think it starts with what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you and I had a conversation over the phone, isn't it? You know, you, yeah. you've got to do what you enjoy doing. Now, that is not to say that you will end up doing that 100% of the time. That's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you've got to put in the groundwork that you might not find particularly enjoyable. You know, mm-hmm. I still have to do my bookkeeping. Really don't like it, but I still do it. <laughs> um, to to get to where you want to be. And, and I think... you. You have to realize that it it is a journey. It's a terrible cliche, but it's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. Nobody was an overnight success ever. They did a lot of hard slog, a lot of boring stuff to get to where they wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would you like your legacy to be? <laughs> when I saw the questions, like, crikey. Um, I am really lucky in that uh, I have three healthy children and uh, my my legacy is that they grow up to be fulfilled, happy people who contribute to society. That's the primary one, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um 
if I have made a modicum of positive difference to <laughs> anybody's life, bonus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good answer. <laughs> what are you most grateful for in life? Oh, every second of every day. Absolutely. Uh, life is very short. You don't know when it will end. You don't know what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. I am grateful for tiny little things. For, grateful for the fact that I have the time, the energy and inclination to be here today. You know, so many people don't have that. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah. I'm grateful for that too. Yeah. No, oh, no, thank you. Yeah. No, every, <laughs> every, every second of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. How do you define success? Um, I don't for anybody else. I define it for myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so this is only my success. Nobody else's. Um, I've got a wish list. So one of them is to be a best-selling author of fiction. Okay, that's my big audacious goal, if you want to do yeah, Nike yeah. speak. <laughs> um, and uh, success for me is having the balance between home life and work life, doing things I love doing, working with great people and earning enough money that I'm comfortable and I can buy do you know what my ultimate is? It's quite funny. My ultimate is I know I'm doing okay if I can spend 25 quid on those um, smelly twigs, I call them. They're, the posh word is diffusers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if I can spend 25 quid on a posh molten brown diffuser, I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like success to me. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> what do you think are some of your own... Um, personality traits or your qualities that have um, kind of led to your own personal success? I'm very determined. I don't let things go easily. If I, if I want something, I will find a way. Mm. I will find a way to get there, definitely. And if, if I want it badly enough, I'll just keep going. Hmm. Just that's it. Yeah. Just keep going. <laughs> Who or what inspires you? Lots of people. Loads of people. People who are really good at what they do. Mm -hmm. um, again, from any walk of life, people who are really, really good at what they do and take pride in what they do inspire me. Uh, my all-time historical hero heroine is Elizabeth I. Um, I went to see Anita Roddick talk once at the book festival. She was very inspirational. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, people who take pride in what they do. Hmm. You spoke about being a, a best-selling author. Yes. Yes. What are, <laughs> what are some of your other uh, sort of life goals, if you like, the big goals? Uh, we've got a house that needs doing up. Get, definitely getting that done. <laughs> That's a short to medium term one. Okay. Uh, we'll show my husband this. He'll laugh at that. Um, and uh, what else? Nothing. I've got a. I've got a little one in terms of building my Sherlaws practice. In terms mm -hmm. of where I want to be. In terms of monthly fee income and things like that. Yeah. Um. But no, the big one is the. Let's let's see if I can do this writing lock. <laughs> yeah. What are some of your um your favorite uh, books or some of your favorite resources in a sort of 
I don't really want to use the phrase personal development as such, but in terms of kind of improving yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a bit of a magpie, so uh, it, it will be a mixture of TED Talks, mm-hmm. books have been recommended, fiction, Radio 4, I listen to you all the time when yeah. I can. Yeah, I do. Huge fan of Radio 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm a bit of a geek in that, you know, if, if there's... Um, if there's a sciencey book that relates to thinking and working neurological, I'll read it. Mm-hmm. No matter how much I really don't understand the technical stuff, I'll still read it. Um, so yeah, a whole range of sources. People, I'll just spend time with people. You know, I spoke about my friend George. I will go and spend two hours with him and download what his latest thinking is. Mm come away feel like i need to lie down in a dark room but you know it's been good so yeah just anybody that can teach me anything i'll pick it up yeah 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 my clients i learn most from my clients Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. do you have a favorite ted talk uh brené brown yeah (laughs) it really is yeah just awesome yeah (laughs) really good What uh, is the best piece of advice you've ever received? The best piece of advice I've ever received. Okay. It's a very simple piece of advice from a lady who is sadly no longer with us. But she said, you need to do this for completeness. And it, it, it's very simple, but I often have it in my head when I'm doing something. And she was referring actually to filling out a sales database, a CRM system. You know, <laughs> you need to do all this for completeness. But actually, yeah. it's really good advice for all kinds of things. This is what you need to do for completeness. I don't even know whether it's grammatically correct, <laughs> but that, it's a great piece of advice. Completeness. Yeah, no, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you had the opportunity to speak to your 20-year-old self, <laughs> what would you say? It, it's really not a sprint. Okay. It's definitely a marathon. In fact, it's several marathons back to back. It's absolutely not a sprint. Okay. Yeah, I, I went at a zillion miles an hour. Really? Yeah. Okay. So patience wasn't your your thing. No, uh, my children have taught me patience. Interesting. Yes. I was going to say where you know what's uh, what's the thing that kind of tipped that. Yeah, my children, and then learning NLP. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Huh. What what things do your children teach you? Um, apart from how Instagram works. <laughs> My eldest daughter, I said, I've retweeted something really inappropriate by accident. What do I do? (laughs) So practical things like that. Um, uh, They teach me. What do they teach me? They teach me how to remain grounded and have fun, definitely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they remind me that, uh, you know, I've got two older ones who are just one's nearly 20 and one's 16. They remind me that actually the world is still your oyster no matter what stage you're at in life. Hmm. Yeah. That's such a good piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Excellent. (laughs) 
This is a big one.、Uh, if you could change anything in the world,、mm-hmm. what would it be and why? Am I allowed to remove President Trump? Okay, right. <laughs> Democratically, yeah, yeah. I would add because I think the democratic process is very important.、Um, that's my flippant answer.、Uh, my serious answer probably would that we we listened to each other more, actually, and we just、yeah. took that little bit extra time to listen properly to each other. Yes.、Yeah. Yeah, that does seem to be the the kind of common thread in、mm-hmm. in a lot of your work. Yeah,、uh, listening is 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 so so important. Really important.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent, Rebecca. I've absolutely loved speaking with you.、Um, you're a, a lovely, lovely person. Thank you.、Um, you're very.、Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll use the word humble. Um, in a in a in a most positive, nice sense. I'll take that.、Um, thank you. <laughs> it, it's genuinely been a, a really、um, enjoyable experience speaking with you, and yeah, thank you so much for your time today. Likewise, Elliot. Thank <laughs> you. That's great. Super. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Inspired Edinburgh. Please come and find us on social media and leave us a review on iTunes. Many thanks.